When it comes to your food, have you ever thought that maybe you might be a little entitled? Do you have a belief that you should be able to eat whatever you like and it's not fair that some people seem to be able to eat whatever they like and not gain weight, yet you have one extra thing and the scale goes up two kilos? On today's episode of The Nutrition Couch, we discuss the very sensitive issue or topic of food entitlement and share the very simple psychological techniques to keep entitlement at bay. Hi, I'm Susie Burrell. And I'm Leanne Ward. And each week we bring you The Nutrition Couch, the bi-weekly podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know in the world of nutrition. As well as all things entitlement, we have found a fantastic lower calorie cheese that you are going to love. And Leanne and I are going to share our favorite healthier canapes since we're about to head straight into party season. But to get us going today, Leanne, you know, we know that one of the topics that our listeners love most is all about anything to do with food and psychology of eating. And indeed, we are getting ready to host a live seminar specifically focused on the psychology of weight control. So things like belief structures around diets, diet programming over time, self-sabotaging behavior and something that, that came up as a topic we wanted to talk about along with excuses and are you being a little lazy was entitlement. And I thought it was something that was worth chatting about because I often hear or even detect my clients will be annoyed as part of their weight loss process. So they, you know, are perhaps annoyed that they're not getting the results they might be looking for, or I may give them feedback on a food diary and they're quite sort of resentful about it and might argue about it a little bit, or they're sort of frustrated that they feel that they've been to a social event and they haven't eaten any of the the high calorie food and the scale hasn't dropped and they think it's not fair. And I thought it lent itself to a discussion because I think this will certainly resonate with many listeners. And it's it's a good opportunity to observe your own behavior. And, and if it sort of does raise some emotion in you, certainly it might be something to look at. Because I would say that in a world in which food is freely available and there is a big focus on regular consumption, you know, everywhere you go, a service station, a supermarket, a coffee shop, there is tempting food. And so naturally we know that human beings will eat what food is readily available. So certainly having to exert constantly what we call self-control to go against the natural urge to eat that food is not only depleting psychologically, but you can see how resentment can build up around that. But I think a lot of it often if you do feel that resentment, or you might not even be aware of it, but basically the process of having to cut back is irritating to you. It may be a good starting point to have a look at what your beliefs are around food and nutrition. Because when I tend to delve deeper into that with my clients, there are some pretty strong beliefs that I often challenge. So one of the most common beliefs is that other people can eat whatever they like and they don't gain weight. And I've got two responses to that. The first is in my experience in working in this area for 25 years, sure, there are a random number of people who are naturally model-like ectomorphs in their figure, or they can often have clinical anxiety and be burning a lot of calories, and they can seemingly be able to eat junk food regularly. But in my experience with those people, they're either genetically blessed and or you don't know what they do and they might seem to indulge, but basically you're assuming they do that all the time. And I would challenge that because in my experience, most people, including myself, including you, Leanne, 
We have to work pretty hard just to control weight, let alone be super thin if that was your goal. So in my experience working with and observing people, people who are pretty lean don't tend to eat a whole lot of stuff. So I would absolutely challenge that belief that people can eat whatever they like and and it's not fair. The other thing I would say is, well, life's not fair. Everyone has a different metabolic rate. Some people get diseases, some people don't. Some people are tall and skinny, some people aren't. If you spend your whole life comparing yourself, it's going to be a pretty miserable life. At some point, which is the point I try and get to with clients, there has to be a certain level of acceptance of what you personally need to do with your body to keep it in the shape you want it to be. Because no one is telling you that you have to lose weight. No one is telling you that you can't have the cake. It has to be a conscious decision that if you want your waist or your weight or your body to look a certain way, you're going to have to make sacrifices about how you achieve that. And if you're not prepared to exercise two, three hours a day, you're probably not going to be able to eat whatever you want. And that is just life. So I think it's worth bringing it out into the open because I think as soon as you're annoyed with your meal plan, as soon as you're frustrated when you go out and you can't eat a burger and chips all the time, I would have you challenge yourself a little bit to say, number one, do you actually really even want that food? Because often it's pretty crap anyway, and it's more the psychological belief you can't have it rather than you even wanting it. And number two, where is that belief coming that you should be able to eat whatever you want? Because I would challenge it and argue that very few people can do that. And if they do, you're not seeing them all the time or they're probably really, really active and hence or and or metabolically blessed. You know, supermodels probably can basically eat whatever they want, but we're not all supermodels and that's just the way life is. I would even argue that even supermodels work out regularly and eat a hell of a lot of salad. So I think you're right. It's that belief that there are some people out there that can eat whatever they want and do no exercise and they'll stay slim. And sure, for a small percentage of people, that's probably true. But in my experience, Susie, all of the girls that I knew at high school who basically just used to get a bag of chips and have a can of Coke for lunch, and I'd be sitting there with like my healthy tuna wrap that my mum made me, bless her. And like they just ate so much crap. And literally they were like so, 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 so slim. Seeing them, you know, 10, 15 years after school, it catches up with you, I guarantee you. So these people might be able to do it until a point in time where they can no longer do that. So we always encourage healthy habits. But like you said, Susie, it's what you don't see. Like you might see them occasionally, you know, and it looks like they can eat whatever they want. But 90% of the time when you're not there or 95% of the time when you're not there, they might be regularly eating lean proteins and salads and waking up at 4am to go to the gym every single day. You don't see the majority of the behaviors that people are doing. So like you said, it's really that entitlement. But I think where we've seen the biggest breakthrough with clients is that they get to that point where they just have to accept that if they want to lose weight and maintain it, that they were going to need to work at these goals long-term. If you've got a goal, you need to work at it long-term. Even after you achieve it, you still have to continue to work at it. And just like life, some people are better at things and other people need to work a little bit harder. You know, I remember at maths, like I had a tutor for chemistry and maths when I was going through university because I just could not get my head around chemistry. Like it is just not something that I am good at. And such is life. Some people are just, they love exercise and they're great at it. Other people really, really, really struggle with it and they're going to have to continue to work at it for the rest of their life. Some people naturally just really enjoy vegetables. Other people don't. And it's like this daily struggle in order to eat well. So such is life. And the sooner that you accept that healthy eating and exercise is something that you will have to do regularly in order to A, be healthy and B, lose and maintain your weight long term. The sooner you begin to accept that, 
the sooner that the mental load decreases and you can just feel free, like you're not having this internal battle going back and forth going, why is this so unfair? Why is it easy for everyone else? Why do I have to do this? Poor me, boo-hoo. It's almost like that victim mentality where we're only hurt, we're hurting nobody but ourselves basically. So the sooner that you accept that eating well and exercising regularly is a part of life for, I would say every single person on the planet, whether or not they do it, I would say that every single person on the planet should do it. And whether or not you decide to do it is entirely up to you and entirely dependent on the goals that you have and the body that you want to achieve. So we see it, Susie, when the client says, these are my goals to lose 20 kilos, but those behaviors or the mindset isn't in line with the goal. So if you're sitting there and you're struggling, you keep thinking, I keep pulling up the wagon, this isn't fair. And you feel a lot of entitlement in terms of, I want to be able to eat whatever the heck I want. Just ask yourself, like, are those behaviors and are those thoughts and that mindset in line with the goals and the body that you actually want to have long-term. Because I feel like if you can get that vital, that key mindset shift to accepting that eating well and exercising regularly is something that you will just have to do for the rest of your life, the sooner you accept that, I promise you, the easier this journey will be on you forever. True. And I think a very uh, simple question of self is to say, do I actually even really want it or do I just think I should be allowed to have it, particularly when presented with a, a number of high-calorie foods out of sort of a special occasion context? So, for example, snacking on chips, kids' chips or party food would be a classic example. But something else I would urge listeners to do in the next couple of months going into a lot of social functions is to use it as an opportunity to observe other people's eating behavior. Because what I find fascinating is when you're in situations where there's platter type food or self-service, you will learn a lot by observing other people's behaviors. There will be some people who cannot stop reaching for the snacks and there's some who barely touch it. So there's people certainly who prepare it, put it out and don't touch it. So if you're questioning that belief and think, oh, everyone can eat whatever they want, it's only me, use it as an observation to see your friends, groups of women and how they eat. And, And I think that that observation in itself might surprise you. All right. Now, we've got some good news off the back of that because I know that might be a little confronting because let's be honest, Leanne, who doesn't love halloumi? Everyone loves halloumi, but I do not like halloumi because when my clients eat halloumi cheese, they eat massive slabs of it and it is really high in fat. So (laughs) cheese in general is is 30% fat anyway. It's a high fat food and sure, it has some nutrients in it, but it's got a lot more fat than protein. So when I'm rating a food, and we'll actually do a whole segment on this, cheese is more of a fat than a protein. And in the case of halloumi, it's hard to get a small serving size. You know, slices and grating isn't happen. You have the whole block. So we were very excited when we found a new reduced fat halloumi because I hadn't seen one for quite some time. And this will come in very handy for barbecue season for people who love it. So it's the Riverina Dairy Company, which is a fantastic small company, which we love to support. It's called Grilling Cheese Halloumi Reduced Fats in a Yellow Container. And I think it's available Woolies. I've just had a look. So in mainstream, only Woolies. woolies. Mm -hmm. Now, nutritionally much, much better. So per 100 grams, it is 25% protein and 15% fat. So I from memory, normal halloumi is about 25 to 30% fat, which means a 45-gram serve comes down to just uh, 6.77 grams of fat. Now, five grams of that is saturated, so it is a food in moderation. A massive 300 milligrams of calcium, so it's really high in calcium. It's also really high in sodium, so 495 milligrams a quarter of your upper daily intake, which is why perhaps if you have it, you might feel a bit bloated if you have a lot. So that packet, Leanne, how big is that? Is that 200 grams? 
180, mm. 180 gram 180. pack. So slightly smaller, but also makes it easier for portion control because I would be encouraging my clients to make at least four portions out of that, if not six. But the good news is that you can have a six of that portion cut up into small pieces in your beautiful lamb salad and a lot less fat than regular halloumi. So it's a massive thumbs up for me. Um, I really like it. Yeah, I love it. And when you started the segment with, I do not like halloumi, I was like, Susie, we cannot be friends. <laughs> but then you backed it up with, for my clients, I let out my the breath that I was holding. But no, I do really like this because halloumi is delicious. And it's one of those foods where I think you either love it or you hate it. And I'm a big lover of halloumi. And it's funny because I think it's a very Aussie breakfast kind of thing because I've given it to a couple in a, in a few recipes of my clients overseas, say in America, for example. And they're like, oh, what's halloumi? And I'm like, oh, it'll change your life. Go and find it. And they get it from like, you know, the whole food shop or whatever. And they try it and they're like, oh, I didn't like it. It was so salty. So I think it's quite unexpected because of the high salt content. I think you either love it or you you don't at all. So for our halloumi lovers out there, I think this is a really great option. And we do like to support Australian brands as well. So big thumbs up from us. It retails for $6.60 at Woolworths. We do know things like halloumi are are a high price point. So it's more of an indulgent food. And if you are getting it out at a cafe, like Susie said, you do tend to get quite big slabs of it, which to be honest, if I order a serve of halloumi at a cafe. I'm paying six, seven, eight dollars as a side. So I would expect to get a large amount, but I would always look around the table and see if anybody wants to share a side of halloumi. I'll generally split half with my hubby David or with half with my girlfriend or something. So it's not something I tend to overindulge in because you do get quite a lot of it. So a hot tip if you are ordering a side of halloumi with your breakfast, see if you can share it with somebody else, because although it is delicious, if the goal is fat loss, it can be very difficult to maintain that goal whilst eating delicious amounts of halloumi. That's why I like goat's cheese. It's thin, thin side of goat's cheese and you pay a massive five bucks for it. So you want to enjoy it. All right then. Well, for our final segment of the day, which I've just taken over the entire podcast poorly and didn't even get a chance to speak, we wanted to share our top healthier canapes because it's coming into entertaining season and there's nothing we hate more than deep fried products like spring rolls and arancini balls, which offer very little nutritionally except tons of calories and fat. So we thought we might go through some of the ones that we go to. I'll kick us off. Actually, I think a great option to put out on platters is edamame. You know, you can do the edamame with a sprinkle of salt and they're high in protein, really nutritious options, cost effective. So I certainly always put those out. And my other, at the moment, I found a series of vegetable-based dips. I want to say they're Yumi's, but their new formulation of roasted vegetable, and I've always loved the Chris's Egyptian beetroot, are actually very low calorie because one of the issues, of course, with things like hummus is that it's actually quite high calorie and easy to overeat. So certainly adding any kind of vegetable sticks with those lighter dips is a really good option. I'm just thinking what else. Oh, I like pumpernickel bread, very low calorie and from Aldi with a thin spread of cream cheese or goat's cheese with smoked salmon for an omega-3 hit and some protein and looks really pretty on platters. So there are a few of my go-tos that are sort of better options at this time of year. What do I love? I love rice paper rolls. I think they're brilliant if you're making your own little platters at home. I love, have you ever seen those like cucumber bites? Like you cut a slab of cucumber quite thick, you kind of scoop out the middle and you can fill it with a bit of say like smoked salmon and light cream cheese or a bit of, you know, chicken and avocado or something. You kind of stuff the cucumber bites. They're great. And another good one is asparagus. You just blanch them in some hot water and then you wrap them with a little bit of like smoked salmon. You can put a little bit of a nori sheet on the side of them as well. So it's sort of like a veggie based sushi. They're quite good as well. But I I really do think the best things you can do is add a little bit of lean protein and add a little bit of vegetables. So whether you make some like mini vegetarian kebabs with maybe a little bit of that halloumi on there, I think the lean protein, the best options are 
grilled chicken, a little bit of, say, tofu if you want some vegetarian stuff, prawns, scallops if you've got the budget for them, smoked salmon. Those kind of are the best probably lean proteins to serve. And as Susie said, you kind of want to avoid anything that's like deep fried or really quite heavy, like you get a lot of sliders, sausage rolls, that sort of thing. So make it, if you're doing platters up, make them quite light, aim for a lot of colour, aim for a lot of vegetables. Fruit's always good, particularly our berries as they're coming more into season. They're a lot more affordable as well. And some really good dips with lots of different colours like if you're going to get some capsicum, get some yellow ones, get some green ones, get some red ones. It makes platters so much more appealing if you've got a lot of color on there and vegetables are one of the best ways that you can add color to a platter. Oh, and the other ones I was going to say is if you get the peppercorn lean burgers and roll them into individual meatballs, they're really lean and beautiful with tzatziki that, and you can do them in the air fryer. They come up really well. And I like the smoked fish, like the smoked mussels and smoked oysters. If you like that on a thin cracker, some people, they're polarizing. Some people will be going, oh, gross. But if you like them, they're really high protein, rich in zinc, not iron, great with a wafer thin. So they're some of the ones we go to. But we'll continue to share ideas like that in the coming months as we get closer to the festive season. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another Midweek Motivational Wednesday episode. Please tell your friends about us so we can continue to grow. And in the next couple of weeks, we have our live seminar, Hack Your Hormones. So for anyone dealing with insulin resistance, PCOS, or going through the peri period, this is your chance to hear all about our key strategies for managing hormones as we go through the ages. And Leanne and I will be having a live Q&A so you can ask all your questions. That will be on Tuesday, October 17th. And you can read all about it on our website, thenutritioncouch.com. And we will see you Sunday. Catch you guys next week. 